This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co., a black LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PLP22 for 10% off your order. Welcome to a special episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am host Mike Jokum. Joining me this morning is Richard Morris, founder and owner of Racing Pride. So Richard, first off, how are you? This uh, the morning for me, afternoon for you, and it's been a busy week for you. Hey, yeah, I'm good, thanks. It has been very busy. I very recently announced my own season and my plans and a massive expansion of Racing Pride into North America as well. Awesome. So, you know, before we talk about Racing Pride and how that came to be, you know, I, I know you drive as well. How did you, you know, get into motorsports? What's your, you know, what's your motorsport background? Yeah, so I guess not that unusually I got into motorsport because uh, my dad was a big fan of motorsport. He used to mechanic just at an amateur level uh, in uh, single-seater racing before I was born. Um, and he always watched the Formula One and had that on on the TV while I was growing up. So I guess that rubbed off on me. I used to play with toy cars, all that kind of thing. Uh started watching the races and... Uh, yeah, just uh, got the bug for it, um, but didn't really necessarily know how to how to turn that into being in motorsport. Um, so uh, it was really when I was invited just to a, a friend's birthday party. I went karting when I was 12 and uh, loved it, got way too competitive. Uh, <laughs> I won it, so that was good. And and then I just wanted more and got addicted and, and it went from there. <laughs> so... Over the last couple of years, what have you been able to race in and and what does your 2022 on-track season look like? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it all escalated uh, escalated quickly, as they say, uh, and uh, I went through karting and uh, 2017, I moved up in single-seater racing myself uh, into a category called Formula Ford uh, here in the UK and... Uh, had a really successful couple of seasons in that, finished up vice champion in 2018 in Formula Ford. Uh, despite missing a couple of the rounds, we didn't have the money to, to do them, but sure, uh, it sure. was a good finish anyway. Got some wins. Uh, sports prototypes came next, raced a couple of years in prototypes with uh, Spire Sports Cars as their works driver. Uh, British Endurance Championship last year with Praga, which is another prototype brand. Um, and this year, really excitingly have been picked up as a works driver for revolution race cars, uh, which uh, manufactures LMP style uh, carbon fiber prototypes 
Um, so I guess you'd see them as Daytona <laughs> prototypes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, they manufacture for both European and the US market. Um, I'm going to be racing in the European Sports Prototype Cup uh, around some historic F1 Grand Prix circuits, uh, the, you know, iconic tracks. So Spa and uh, Zandvoort, Barcelona, Paul Ricard, and of course my home race at Silverstone Grand Prix circuit. And I also hope I'm going to get to uh, show off a revolution at one or two things in the US. So uh, looking forward to heading over there. <laughs> awesome. I like what I hear there. So you know, of all the places you've raced so far, is there one that stands out as like, wow, that this, this track blew my mind. I can't wait to get back there. Uh, something, something along those lines. <laughs> um, well, there are a lot of tracks I love. I mean, it, it meant a lot to me when I, when I won on the Silverstone Grand Prix circuit, cause that was the first time that I'd, I'd won on a Grand Prix circuit and, and that, you know, felt kind of special, but, uh, tracks wise, oh, we have some great ones, uh, in the UK. Um, but really one that blew my mind recently was, uh, November. I raced at Portimao on the, the F1 circuit, okay. uh, Portimao. Um, I mean, F1 only went there again because of the pandemic, obviously, but I think all the drivers and teams said, you know, what a fantastic track. And, and, uh, yeah, I tested the revolution there in November and it's just the most amazing circuit, you know, it's, it's on a hillside and it's just the, the change in, in elevation is, is extraordinary. And yeah, just a real mix of flat out last corner, crazy high speeds, and some kind of switchbacks uh, going up and down the hill is just, yeah, it's an amazing circuit. So I love that. <laughs> I've only done it in a video game and I'm not very good at it, but it is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. The car tends to get quite loose. That happens when you're going up and down the hills, but you know, that adds to the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, except when you spin over and over and over again in the video game, then you just look like, look, look like an idiot but that's just me <laughs> most of the other guys i race with are way better than i am so you know real quick before we dive into to more racing uh which i haven't done in a while is all right since you're a driver we're going to add a song of your choice to the pit lane parlay driver spotify list uh now i haven't been able to do this in a while because of the pandemic and the interviews have been pretty short at the track and whatnot so this is the first one in probably eight months or so so, uh, I mean, I don't know if you'll like this, but the soundtrack to my season last year, uh, I had the headphones on before I got in the car every yeah. time. And for whatever reason, Bon Jovi, It's My Life was just always, uh, I like the kind of it's now or never vibe, you know, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a good one to get in the car to. <laughs> All right, I'm adding it. Now, Bon Jovi was born about 50 miles from where I grew up and owned a couple Philly sports teams. So I can, I, I like that one. I don't have any problem with that one. <laughs> so let's, let's talk some, some racing pride. Now I know you, you made the big announcement on Monday that you guys were expanding into North America, but for those who maybe aren't familiar with uh, racing pride, you know, what is it and, and how did it become to be what it is today? So Racing Pride is a movement to positively promote LGBTQ plus inclusion through motorsport. Um, and it's been going, uh, launched in June 2019. So uh, it's been going uh, three years now, uh, something like that, uh, into, into our fourth year. Um, it came about uh, really from a combination of things. Um, 
basically, so, I mean, I am gay and uh, my own journey in motorsport, at times I had struggled a little bit with that. I didn't uh, feel like I was like the other racing drivers that I'd sort of seen represented as I was growing up. Um, I didn't have a problem with the fact that, you know, my hero, Michael Schumacher, would get out of the car and kiss his wife. That wasn't an issue. But I hadn't seen any LGBTQ plus drivers or anyone who kind of was like me. And and I realized that as I was going through my teen years in in karting. Um, And one or two things and hearing, you know, bits of unhelpful language around the place, it, it just given me a bit of insecurity around that. And I'd not really come out properly within motorsport because of it. Um, because I think just nobody was talking about it and it hadn't given me the opportunity to. Um, and in late 2018, there's a campaign o- over here uh, in the UK that's called Rainbow Laces and lots of different sports have uh, rainbows about the place during during that month. Um, and that wasn't happening in motorsport. And I thought, you know, why isn't this happening in motorsport? Why have I never seen this in motorsport? Um, and it was kind of that combination of feelings of, you know, I'm moving forward in my career. This is becoming more and more part of my life. I want to be who I really am at the track. I want to not be hiding things from my team and from my teammates and the people around me and just be able to, you know, share my life and relax and be myself. And I feel it would benefit motorsport as a whole to be able to have these conversations and talk about this. Um, because I think there are so many people in motorsport who want to be good allies to the LGBTQ plus community. It's not that I thought they were bad people. I thought, you know, these are good people. They want to be allies. They just, they don't necessarily know how to show that. Um, And so I posted on my social media, basically coming out and, and starting to talk about these things that got picked up on by a couple of the right people. And yeah, we started having the conversations, putting together a team um, that led into racing pride and, um, we got together some ambassadors from different bits of the sports with so some other drivers, but some mechanics, some engineers, some people in the media, some martial volunteers um, to try and give role models uh, in those those different kind of roles uh, and, and highlight some of the ways that LGBTQ plus people are in the sport and are being successful in the sport and to, to give that visibility. Um, and we've added to that a kind of educational element where we work with teams and series and organizers to talk to them about inclusion. And um, yeah, that basically is racing pride. <laughs> so long story short, it sounds like your 2022 is going to be incredibly busy on the track and off the track. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. I mean, the, the rate racing pride has grown has been amazing. In 2021, we added a partnership with Aston Martin Formula One team. And that was when it really got huge. Um and yeah, now we see North America it. too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually so the the converse that Vettel wore, I don't know if it was that weekend or the weekend after. I I found on a website and bought them. They're super nice. They're right now they're in a moving truck, which I don't as I mentioned before, I don't know where that moving truck is right now. So <laughs> I I hope they come soon, but or I hope my stuff comes soon, but what was it like getting to work with Aston Martin? How was that experience? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, obviously a bit surreal, but uh, yeah. incredible what we've what we've been able to do. So yeah, we started working with Aston Martin uh, really in January 2021. Um, a lot of it behind the scenes first, making sure they understood how to be inclusive and stuff, and they weren't just chucking rainbows out into the world and, and claiming <laughs> to care. You know, they were actually doing the work right. and. 
And uh, and then, yeah, we launched it June 2021, made this big announcement, Aston Martin working with Racing Pride to promote LGBTQ plus inclusion. And I mean, that, you know, for, for me as someone who... Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. He'd grown up watching the sport and never seeing anything along these lines from, from anyone in the sport. That was just a huge change and... and uh, you know, understandably, there was a lot of reaction from that from other people like me who who just felt so touched by it. Um, and yeah, they put the rainbow halos on the cars uh, in Pride Month. We've seen other moments of of uh, particularly Sebastian Vettel, you know, putting rainbows on his helmet, on the t-shirts he's worn on the grid. We see other drivers get involved now too, with Mick Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton with the the Pride helmet. Um, for the Middle Eastern rounds towards the end of of last season. Um, All those things are just absolutely magnificent gestures. And I've got to say, you know, what makes it really touching is how genuine a lot of this is. You know, um, Sebastian Vettel, you can tell, really, really cares. He's always asking, how can I do more? Um, And he did just this video for Racing Pride um, uh, at the end of last season where he said, I'm always going to keep pushing for this, you know, and and uh, and representing you. And I don't think it's even right that me doing little bits makes such a big difference because that just shows how much work there is to do. And I just watched that and thought, this guy really gets it, you know. <laughs> so right, right. it's fantastic. <laughs> so when you when you see things like Vettel or Lewis Hamilton's helmet, and you know, it's it it comes from a group that you started. Is it? like a moment of, you know, you are proud of what you've done, but also at the same time, like I totally get it completely surreal to see Lewis Hamilton in the Middle East in front of you know, millions of fans on TV wearing a helmet with the rainbow flag on it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, sometimes it's really hard to process. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, like you almost get this little bit of, of detachment of, uh, you know, this, this, this can't really be like this movement that I saw. I mean, loads of other people have contributed to it getting here and have done huge things to get it to this point. I should say it's not all all my own work sure, by any stage, sure. but you know, sometimes you can't even feel that you have 
you know, that direct associate, it just doesn't seem real, but equally, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy that most sport is now having these conversations and we are seeing people like this saying stuff like this. And, and really that bears out when I was thinking about racing pride, it was because I knew there would be people like that in motorsport who were prepared to stand up for this kind of thing. They just hadn't had a movement to attach it to, or, you know, uh, something to build it around. And now that's there. We are seeing people like Lewis and Seb using their voices. And um, yeah, I hope that just continues to grow. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll wrap it up with one last question here. And it's more of a call to action for everybody listening. For you, where can people go to educate themselves more? Um, you know, whether it's a website or a book or an email list or, or anything like that, other than, you know, in addition to Racing Pride, um, you know, what, what would you recommend for people to, you know, continue to educate themselves on everything? Yeah, so uh, obviously Racing Pride has its, its yeah. own resources and stuff. Um, we also work with uh, You Can Play and Athlete Ally, which are both fantastic organizations based in the US uh, and Canada. Um, and they have great resources they're always putting out. Athlete Ally has various campaigns uh, that you can even get involved with and petitions and things. So, yeah, definitely uh, take a look at You Can Play and Athlete Ally as well as Racing Pride. Uh, as we're doing stuff in North America now. And, and of course, you know, we got some great ambassadors uh, out at meetings across uh, the United States this year. Uh, so uh, on the NASCAR ARCA package, we've got a couple of drivers, Devin Rouse and Zach Heron. Uh, we've got uh, Tom O'Gorman going around with Grid Life, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, Zandara Kennedy going and doing a lot of drift events in different places. Um, and uh, Travis... Uh, Travis Schumacher as well uh, is based in New York, drag racer. You know, uh, okay. if you if you see them at events, I'm sure they'll be happy to talk about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody make sure to write that down. I'll put all those links in the show notes so that you guys can click on them real quick. But Richard, man, I appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck in everything in 2022. And if there's anything we as Pitley and Parley can do, let me know. I'm happy to share things out and help you guys out. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's uh, brilliant to have the chance to chat with you and uh, and your listeners. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.